Welcome to episode number 300. Well, that was a hard end, wasn't it? Welcome to episode number 304 of the Apple Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. Um, yeah, episode number 304. Here we go. Another 100 episodes. Here we go. Uh, this uh, podcast is brought to you in part by AIXDSP.com. Get affordable and useful plugins for your digital audio workstation, whether it be Pro Tools, Cubase, Reaper, Logic. What else is there? That's it, right? There's only five of them, all all of them. But anyways, get this, uh, get the get get your these compressor, get the IC compressor. It's a compressor that gives you a clear and intuitive visual display that shows exactly what is happening to your audio and your mix at all times. Click the link in the description for more information. For if anybody wants to help me out on a monthly basis, you can pledge to me on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees, and you can cancel at any time. Go buy some... Uh, Go buy some T-shirts. Go buy a T-shirt at apple.ca slash shop. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Give it five stars, please. Like and share on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash pod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simonhead666. Now, Instagram is just pictures of my bicycle. So that's it should be actually an Instagram for my bicycle. But anyways, regardless, I'm just getting the feel for Instagram. I, I you know... I just don't, I really, at this point, I really don't get it. But regardless, I digress. I digress. I digress a lot. Today on the show, I have Dwight from the, um, he's actually, he's doing a solo project and his, his album, he's in a band called the Zolas, which have been around for a little while. And they're a cool band from Vancouver. Over the period of this, uh, the plague, as I like to call it, Dwight has been in, into recording and making music and, and trying to figure out what the hell is going on in all of this. It's it's got some great tunes on this album that he's putting out. One of the songs is called Freaking Out, which I'm going to play in like two seconds. But um, yeah, it's you know it was a fun conversation, fun talking to people that have sort of been around and done things and enjoyed themselves doing it and uh do i quit booze you know or well, had to I just wanted to do it so anyways here is freaking out which is on the album ep actually which is out in so now i think so here it is here it comes
And I just realized I lied about the release. It's actually coming out in September. So on Light Organ Records, I read more of the bio because that's I'm a professional. Yeah. So check out the EP that's coming out in September on Light Organ Records. So here he is, Dwy, Solo Project Dwy. Not from the Zola's Dwy, but Solo Project Dwy on the Apolog Podcast. I don't think we've ever met, but... Uh... I don't think we have. I'm Dwight. Um, the goal is for everyone to know me by Dwight by the end of the year. <laughs> Dwight. Okay. That's uh, not makes sense. Uh, yeah, you can call me Dwight if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that short from being a kid? Is that short, short, like, like what kids call you? Yeah, you know, um, it's actually what my singer started calling me in the band. Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought that that was the best thing to to be called for the solo project, just so the fans would know who it is, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of a gross reason. It's just to get fans, but I like it, though. I like it. No, it is. It's, I, I would have gone DWI, because it's like yeah. big letters, or is it little letters? It's little. I, I've decided to go little letters. Yeah. Because I think it, it looks... You know, it's funny because some people will put all capitals because they want to stand out. But I think, you know, being all lowercase is kind of like anti-establishment. So it's the punk rock of uh, of spelling. That's right. Punk rock of spelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a Vancouver, Vancouver, born and raised. Uh, you know, I was in Vancouver for the like the last seven years up until a few months ago. Uh, we moved just 45 minutes east uh, to a town called Maple Ridge, but it's still Vancouver area. It's not too far away. Yeah, I guess we have the GTA, which is like a bunch of surrounding parts yeah. of the city. Yeah. Yeah. So is life nice and quiet out there or is it something that, you know, do you miss the big city or? No, I don't miss the city at all. And, you know, um, being in the pandemic, it's like, we were just stuck in our little, because the only thing we could afford in the city was a little coach house. We called them laneway houses. Yeah. And um, it was super small. I had me, my partner, and our two kids living in one. And we were just paying like way a disgusting amount of money to live in it. And yeah, so we thought, you know, we kind of got um, priced out of the city. And it, we just, now we have like a, such a bigger place. We have a yard. Um, <laughs> It's so like the mount like there's beautiful mountains in Van- in the city, mm-hmm. but where we were living, it was South Vancouver. So you know, there's the big Knight Street Bridge if you know if you know that. Um, it's just a really industrial area, and it wasn't too like naturey or too pleasing. So it's it's yeah, we're loving it, man. It's so nice out here. Yeah, um, having kids too is it sort of changes your perspective about what you where where you want to call home to a bit, right? Totally, totally. Like, um, this was actually the town I I grew up in too. So it's kind of nice to 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 see my kids grow up in the same place I did. Yeah, for sure. How old? Um, I have a four year old. He just turned four, and an eight year old. Wow. Well, I'm a I'm a heady. I got an eighteen and a fourteen. So there you go. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we're the, we're, that's the same. I bet they're like. It probably feels the same. Pretty much. I mean, like they are, that's a good age spread actually um, yeah. to have kids with because 
my brothers and I, uh, well, I was four years in our middle, but my oldest brother's eight. And it's sort of, it's weird. It's night and day how, 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 what type of people we are. <laughs> so it's, it's good having sort of like a, a close knit sibling yeah. thing going. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and they're both brothers. And yeah, I think four years is really cool because when Rivers was born, Julian was, you know, just over four and he could talk and he could express himself and he could even help out, you know, yeah. and, and he remembers the day Rivers was born, which I think is really cool. It's very cool. I think that's really cool. He'll always have that. He'll, he'll just always remember, you know, he, he's seen his brother since day one, yeah. you know, and there's yeah. a connection there, yeah. I think. Yeah. Is he a protect, are they the good brothers? Do they, are they good with each other? They're really good with each other. They, um, you know, they'll, it's pretty classic if one's playing iPad too loud and the other's trying to like concentrate, like, hey, turn it down. <laughs> but like, it's, there's no huge fights. There's like, you know, that he really is very protective of him. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's wonderful to see. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. I have, I've, I've had conversations with dads who were punkers and it's, there's a, there's an interesting, um, change and transformation of being a selfish punk rock kid to now having to be a selfless father to children. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, you know, you, it's not growing up. It's just completely changing where your perspectives are and where your life, um, where you plan your life. Like, you know, I try to eat a little better. I watch, I look a little better when I'm going across the street. I don't drive like an asshole. Like there's certain things that you take, you just change. It changes you. It does change you. I would like to think that um, it's not necessarily because I had kids and I like to think about the, the alternate universe where I didn't have kids and how I would end up. But I'm telling you, I'm much better off as a person with kids. Some people are made to have kids. They're just made. They're just they're made for it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool to hear, man. Um, so so you kind of you grew up in the punk rock in the punk rock scene, indie rock scene of Vancouver. Yeah, so it was more like, um, yeah, I'd say indie rock scene. Um, it was kind of like early 2000s is when I really started playing in bands and stuff. So that was like Strokes. You got like the, the uh, Arcade Fire. And then we had that huge um, explosion that was coming out of Eastern Canada, like Metrics, um, Arts and Crafts, Broken Social Scene, like that whole vibe. Yeah. Uh, like Canada was just exploding and that's kind of when I really started playing music, you know, and getting obsessed with being in bands was around that time. Yeah. I always find metric to, I feel that they're a West coast band. Yeah. But I keep forgetting that they, it feels like they're from West coast. I think they live out there now or have forever, but yeah. Metric? I always thought they were uh, Toronto. Yeah. I know. I always feel them. I know they are, but it always feels for some reason it feels like they're a, a West coast band to me. Must be the blonde hair. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Uh, So, so that type of music, and it's so hilarious because the early two thousands is sort of like the time when the music industry fell apart. You know, like in a way, you know, like the record industry was like kind of not surviving as well as you know, um, based on Napster and all the things going on in that time. You know. Yeah, Metallica couldn't crush them. They wanted, but they couldn't beat Napster. (laughs) <laughs> couldn't be napster and that's a good thing i mean in a way i mean what your whole thoughts on on that whole idea you know like i have mine but it's like i obviously it's good to promote a band but it's if you're a metallica you're going to lose millions of dollars i guess 
Yeah. You know, I hope Lars is doing okay, though. I should give him a call. should take up I tennis. Wanna... He should just take up more tennis, play more tennis, and, uh, yeah, I don't think they're hurting that much, is the Metallica. No, <laughs> God, they, they ate so much shit over that. Oh, my God, I just forgot about that. They ate so much. Yeah. To, to try to take Napster to war. Yeah, it's bad. It was very funny. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just great. You know, and the, you know, speaking of Lars, it's just it's funny. Like I find that a lot of drummers, like the rich drummers, they get into painting for some reason. <laughs> like him and Chad Smith from the the Chili Peppers. Oh yeah. Just like they're just like these these kind of bros who all of a sudden have this like painting desire. I don't know. It's really funny. It's these. Uh, it's the antithesis of what their life is. Is beating things up is now to relax and be in their backyard and, yeah. yeah 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 they're just hitting things so they feel like they need to get into like another unison and it's kind of like the other side of things where they need to create instead of yeah, yeah. chaos <laughs> in all seriousness though i think that's sort of a fun i mean it's a fun way to talk about like the fact that you know that it's you can't always play music right so people like those guys always want to be doing something so it seems almost natural that or like tennis or squash or something or running or biking like it's a fanatical kind of like drive that like those guys seem to have it's weird yeah no i think you're onto something the drummer i play with now he's like and it's 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 a it's a usual thing for drummers they're always playing in other bands and i don't really think that it's just because everyone's obviously everyone's looking for you know if you have a great drummer in your band you you'll probably be a great band but I think there's something about the drummer mind where it's just go, go, go. I got to keep working. I got to keep, you know, this and that. And be like, um, my drummer's like that. And I, it's just something I've noticed. It's just kind of a quality that drummers that I know have. Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah. So you, you, you were Zola's, right? The name, name of your band? Yeah. 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 And that, yeah. is it still together or did you guys, is it on hold until the world gets back to normal? No, we're, uh, we're, no, we're actually uh, we're we're getting set to drop a record on July sixteenth. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, so we we actually for the last three years we've been just writing and recording, and um, yeah, we've been just working really hard. And now we we had a record, we were gonna release it, and then bam, the world stopped. So now we've been slowly releasing tunes um, during the pandemic. We've been releasing singles and B-sides and stuff like that. Um, but now we're ready to release a record. And we're talking about touring. We're trying to get a tour in the works. And, um, yeah, so we're very much active. We're very go-go-go mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Do you guys travel? You traveled out this way? Sorry for my ignorance, but I, I haven't seen no, you out this way. Um, yeah. Where, whereabouts are you? You're in Toronto. Yeah, yeah just outside of Toronto. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we 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 love Toronto. Um, we hit up Toronto. We'll hit up London, Hamilton. Um, you know, we try to get all of it. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Where's there to play now in London? Because I guess Call the Office is uh, dead and call, gone. Call the Office is done. Yeah. No, that place is famous, man. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. that yeah. Sucks. It was uh, it was on the books for being closed. I think earlier this year or even late last year, and uh, I don't think it was anything to do with this. I think it was a long time coming. Actually, uh, Tony, who 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 owned it, who who's been there since the place seems like the place was built. 
um, I think he sold part of he sold it, um, the yeah. business, and I don't think they could really. Well, maybe I'm just talking out of school, but it feels like they couldn't really like keep the tradition going of that place because mm. that place is a place of like, oh my god, I played there in the early '90s, like. Ah. You know, it's that. Yeah, it's either there or the embassy too. I mean, where you'd play, play in London. I don't know if the the embassy. You ever played the embassy? The place I is scary. I, I, I don't think I have. But yeah. It, reminds, uh, it was sort of on the other side of town, um, mm-hmm. and, and it was in a hotel. And used to they used to let you stay there the night, and then some all the hobos would have keys to all the rooms. And after the end of the night, at like four in the morning, would try to use their keys on the rooms they had. And sometimes we'd be ah. in it. So you'd be like, cool, 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 cool. And you're like, get the fuck out of here. You'd be like, <laughs> fighting, like getting people out of your room. Sorry, dude. Sorry, brother. And yeah, just hobos like had keys. Um, yeah. Tyson, actually, the guy who ran the place, I think he just passed away a couple of years ago now. But that place is history because Black Flag played there, like in, like in the that, early 80s. Yeah. That used to be country bar. Um, Radiohead played there, too. Yeah. They had like a of Radiohead. Uh, I remember. Well, they had like if that's the that's the venue that had like a, it has like a wall with all like um, different bands that yeah. played there, that lists and shit like that. Yeah, it's super super iconic. Yeah, it's almost yeah. For me, like I remember just staring at that wall, looking at all the bands. Like, whoa, this is sweet. Like, <laughs> so that's, that's too bad that it's not a thing anymore. Yeah, I remember soundcheck always being better than the show because if the place got packed, it really was hard to. Because I, I went there and mixed more shows than I did actually played. But uh, showing up in a place gets packed full of people. You're like, oh, I wish y'all were gone because it sounded way better at Soundcheck. <laughs> it's funny because usually you're a sound guy, so you probably said this. Usually it's the opposite. Yeah, I know. Sound, it sounds like shit. And they're like, well, wait till you get some bodies in the Yeah. Room. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a cop out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The meat bags in the room. Yeah, yeah. They suck up all the suck. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, doesn't work doesn't work so so um when when you guys when were coming up that was sort of the dawn of the internet and life was uh kind of cool you had gps's in your vehicles like these yeah. that's those are good days those are really good days Recurring is good um myspace was exciting oh yeah yeah i remember myspace yeah we were on my yeah i was on myspace <laughs> I think it's still together. I get, I get old, like, I sometimes I get email notifications from MySpace. Yeah. And, and I go there, and it's still there. The band we had is still there, but it's all different. It looks completely different. Like, I don't know what happened, but I remember you used to be able to style your own MySpace page. Totally. Yeah, you get in there, uh, and yeah. I, it was one of, like, the description. You could put, like, some code in there to change the look of your own MySpace. I thought yeah, that was quite amazing. Yeah. So it kind of started the social media thing because you had like, um, it, it was before Facebook. And it reminds me, there was a funny tweet. Um, someone recently tweeted, it would be really cool if you could go on someone's Facebook page and uh, it could have like music that you want on your page playing. So when they go to your page, it plays like music that you want. And then someone tweeted back, it's like, well, we've finally done it. Like. <laughs> This is finally like there, there's a generation that doesn't remember MySpace. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is very true. And uh, Winamp too. Nobody remembers Winamp anymore. Yeah, I don't even know what that Winamp is. Winamp is this player for Windows. I think it still exists, but it was like one of the first sort of MP3 app that you get for your computer to play music. And uh, you could skin it. It had like different looks you can make for it. And this is oh. like late 90s, early 2000s, maybe even mid 2000s-ish that Winamp was like a big deal. Um 
you know, <laughs> it was in your computer. You couldn't take it with you, but it was a very, mm -hmm. yeah, early days of like, I think it was before iTunes. So I think iTunes probably took it, but it was sort of the way that you could catalog your music and make sure that, you know, you could have it, you know, I think you could burn discs from your playlist and stuff like that. But yeah, when it, that, was, that was like old, old school, but fun. And I think it's still available. I think you can still download it and it still looks like retro. When you say mm. retro, it's hilarious because like it's 20 years ago now. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. That, that's a scary word because like, you know, Nirvana is classic rock. <laughs> and that scares me you know weezer like the blue album is a classic record yeah and that's one of the first records that really like blew my mind yeah and i remember that clearly so i have classic rock memories i guess yeah i <laughs> yeah totally like i remember being you know i was like seven or eight and i heard the beatles for the first time the beatles had only broken up like five years six years before that and you think oh, about I that in that timeline of now Five years ago was like, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't feel that, it doesn't feel that long ago. But when I was a kid and it was like the Beatles broke up when I was a baby, it's like, holy shit. But now it's like 50 years ago. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. And the music is, and it's so funny how people still come back to the Beatles and say the Beatles are something that I can really relate to. It doesn't matter. Everybody gets their Beatles phase, right? Oh man, the Beatles are, you know, it's funny because, well, the Beatles to me are, such a big deal like they are to to so many musicians and people um but how i got there was really funny because um when i was a kid uh i was living in this place like this foster home and my older brother was living in a different foster home and he would come visit and he would bring like these these mixtapes that's an old sentence mm -hmm. um <laughs> and it would have oasis on it and he was obsessed with oasis and so I got into Oasis. That was the first music, first band I ever listened to and just would listen to these mixtapes. And he would burn us these interviews, not burn, he would um, tape these interviews and music videos. And that was back in the day when you had to watch much music and you'd have to wait for your music video to come on and then you'd have to tape it or record yeah. it. Um, and so he, we would, yeah, I would just... I was obsessed with Oasis. And then I got into the Beatles because I'm like, who is this band that Oasis keeps talking about? So <laughs> backwards, you know, but thank, thank God for Oasis. They, you know, they showed me the Beatles. <laughs> I, I think everybody, it's like a, it's like a ditch. It all ends up funneling in to where the Beatles are somehow <laughs> or another. I, I have never, I've only met one person in my life when I, I worked at a university and this lady might have been in her early 20s, and she, was, she wasn't she was from Canada, but I thought, well, everybody has heard of the Beatles. I go, you've heard of the Beatles? She goes, who are the Beatles? Like, oh. hold on, stop a sec. You've never heard of the Beatles? She's like, no. So you're like one of an own, you're like the whole world. Everybody knows who the Beatles are. I said, what about the Stones? You heard of the Rolling Stones? She goes, is that the group with the lips? I'm, no, the <laughs> tongue, the group with the tongue. It was like a really weird moment, and I kept fi f like fixating on the point, and and we're all on a show, and we all had clear come on, and I'm like, "Sweet, you've never heard of this? <laughs> Hold on a second, let's stop for a second. You've never heard of the Beatles? Clear your schedule. We're going on a road trip. <laughs> like, I'm gonna fucking blow your mind. Yeah, my God, it's like, it's weird. It's like I haven't met too many people who haven't seen Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Same thing, and I I came up for an idea for a podcast called the spoiler alerts where 
you put people in front of a TV or a movie that you've seen, but they haven't seen. And you okay. literally yell in their ear, like, you know, that's his father, <laughs> you know, like two minutes <laughs> into the movie. Dude, that sounds like a nightmare. Fun movie. <laughs> like The Others or something, you know, like you just, or Sixth Sense. Like if you never, even, right. I don't know too many people haven't seen that movie, but when you do, you're like, he's a ghost, you know, and then you, <laughs> like, shit, you just ruined the whole movie for me. <laughs> no. No, oh, no. man. Well, that's cool. I wish I could play some music. I'm sorry, man. My, like I said, my computer is all, all messed up. Um, but I, I heard I only got sent one song, so and it's a you know I love it because it has, um, there's a yearning to it, you know. There's a there's a sense of like, honesty, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. It's it's good. I ah. you don't hear that a lot, music, you know. So, you know, mm -hmm. commitment in in lyrics. I'm sure that's a very important thing to you. You know, <laughs> lyrics are something that have always been an afterthought for me, but in this project and in the last year, it's something that I've been really um my partner when she listens to music it's she connects with lyrics and i've always just connected with the groove and the melody and the progression um but this year i've been really just focusing on lyrics so that's one that's a wonderful compliment that's yeah. Really nice. yeah lyrics are tough man they are very they are. tough they're tough to be you know because you have to you know they don't necessarily need to make them rhyme but you have to make them make sense and they need to come from a place that is actually you believe in. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I've done how, how many songs you've heard where it's like, I don't know if you really mean what you're saying there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. So there's, there's, um, you write songs. Yeah. You were yeah. You've played in, a, you've been playing a lot of bands and stuff. Um, and yeah, like what you were just saying, like there, there's lots of things to consider. Like there's a mathematics kind of behind it that I don't really see it that way just because it kind of comes naturally but um how I how I attack lyrics um lately it's I'll, I'll come up with a chord progression and I'll just kind of I will just start spouting out kind of a melody that make and the melody has all the feeling in it mm -hmm. it's like like what are you what is this song making you feel and it's before you even know what it's about you know, it's before the content, but it's it, you're getting these feelings. And I'll just kind of start spouting out like um, words and just syllables that necessarily don't make sense that just feel good with the, the progression, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. And then I'll record it and I'll listen back to it. And I'm like, oh, it kind of sounds like I'm saying this. Yep. And it kind of sounds like I'm saying this. And then and so I'll commit to syllables more than actual words, because I think that's more that's just as important. And then because all this feelings there, I'll have it in my head. I'm like, oh, I'm totally going to sing about the planet. Oh, mm. it sounds like I'm saying freaking out. What makes, oh, the earth is going to freak out. Oh, that's what the song's about. So it's just this gigantic mistake. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. you kind of stumble into it, but it, it does come out. The, it, all of the inspiration comes out of the way the chords made me feel initially. And I think that's the honesty of it. Yeah, no. that's totally no. That's exactly how I write songs. I it's like phonetics and for these surfers, and then you make the words up around. Yeah, and that's you know I I've, I like the way that's been explained because it is tough to explain. It's sort of um, it's sort of a backwards way of doing it, right? Mm -hmm. It feels like a backwards way of doing it, but there's no there's no um, right or wrong way to to come up with a tune um, at all. 
yeah. you know, inspiration. And it's so cool hearing how, you know, some of the big guys, you know, uh, come up with, and ladies, um, come up with their lyrics or like how they write songs. Like I one that I think is really cool. And I can't remember who it was, but they said they would go to a bar and they wouldn't drink. They would stay completely sober. They would just be sipping on water and they would just write down, they would eavesdrop and they would just write down stories that other people would say. Oh, wow. And it's kind of creepy, but really awesome. It's a really, um, I never thought of it. Yeah, that's an interesting way. You're just like listening in and making up. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you're getting inspired by their life. It's not like you're stealing their life because something about it's probably ringing true to you. So it's kind of like when you listen to lyrics or when you're listening to a song, you're like, well, I really get that. They're, first, it's coming from a story from someone else. And then they make a song about it and then, you know, it goes on the radio and then someone's like, oh, I really like, I really dig or like, I really can connect with what the singer's saying. But it's interesting that it came from someone at a bar. Yeah. 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 There was, um, I heard it and it wasn't, I guess I thought it was, I heard that Paul Simon, when he wrote Graceland, when he was writing lyrics for it. Now this is completely untrue because I've seen a lot of like little documentaries on the making of Graceland. He never once mentions this, by the way. But it's a. I thought it'd be a good way to learn to sort of stop thinking about it. As you get somebody, whoever it was, would get a tennis ball and bounce a tennis ball while listening, and then develop a, your brain to stop thinking about what it was doing to be able to spit out words. Oh. And whatever words you're spitting out, you'd print it, and then you'd get a couple of different passes, and then you'd have your, you know, because your ball, you're concentrating on bouncing the ball. You could actually. <laughs> trick your brain into forgetting about getting into old habits so right i tried that with an artist and he flipped out because he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't figure it out and he actually took the tennis ball and threw it at the studio window he was so mad so mad because <laughs> he couldn't bounce the ball and, and and sing it was like you know it was almost like chewing bubble gum and patting oh. your head and at the same time right uh, i thought that'd be an i've never tried it but it sounds like an interesting concept to sort of forget old you know, old ways, you know, because sometimes you can kind of fall into a chord progression or fall into something and then go, I've heard that before. And you go, oh, yeah, I wrote that two weeks ago or something, you know. Totally. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's like that method sounds really fun. And it sounds like a really healthy. Uh, uh, it it kind of sounds like the healthy version of taking drugs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when you take drugs or when you're for me being hung over, um, you're just in this like state you know, and you just completely, you completely just, you're not thinking about having to write a song because you have all these emotions, mm -hmm. For me, like anxiety, and that kind of really pushes you to, if it just comes naturally. I feel like when you're in a weird, you might relate to this. Um, I know a lot of artists do, but whenever you're kind of going through shit, or if you're in a weird place, usually negative for me, I can just pump out a song. I could probably write three songs in one day, mm -hmm. you know, and they would be like ideas that I've just, I'd be like, Oh, those are kind of new or different for me. Um, but yeah, there's something about the power of just, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Why creativity and chaos are so, they work so well together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know? I always found if, if I could get to, Oh my God, it's Mark Holmes, platinum blonde. I used to get the verse and a chorus done. If I could get to a bridge, 
then the bridge would come like just on its own. I knew mm-hmm. I was onto something. You know what I mean? Like the bridge would just sort of just pop out. You know, mm-hmm. I always like those moments, you know. And then he's like, oh, this is inspiring because I had an idea and I started playing it. But then the bridge just went into a place in a direction I never thought it would go. But it's it fits with the song, you know. So it's not like I've let's just completely change gears here. It's just sort of like to me, if I can write a bridge without having to think about it, the song's usually pretty good, you know, or mm-hmm. passable, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah. it's tough finding time. Like, do you? I guess we've all had a lot of time on our hands. Um, that's how I was able. That's why I started the project because of the pandemic. I wouldn't have started this if. You know, because we, I would have been on tour with the Zolas. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I'm glad, you know, in a weird, twisted way, I'm glad I was able, like, I was given some time to do this. Yeah. Are you going to do some live shows when it's time, or are you, is this just a studio project? Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% in. I believe in this. I love it. I'm getting, um, and it's not just about the feedback and stuff, but I just, I'm starting to just get so many ideas about live and like how I want to do these songs. And um, yeah, I'm just in, yeah. I'm in it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've, my family, I've got another thing. <laughs> <laughs> I find uh, after, you know, I talk to people who've been doing it for a while and there's any, always the new, the new project is the thing. It's just so good for them. And it's also good for the actual band because you get to go do something, explore and then, then you come home with all to the band with all the perspectives of doing it on your own. And yeah. that's rewarding because then you can add yeah. to the group you're in with the knowledge you've gained. Cause obviously, you know, if there's ever, if it's a band, that's a somewhat of a democracy, which doesn't really mm-hmm. exist. There's usually somebody who sort of has pulls the strings. Yeah, there, a needs little, to be a lead. there needs to be like, you're right. democracy. sounds like such a good word yeah. and it is like it, you know, but it, in a way, democracy can fuck you over. In a band. Like, yeah. I don't think democracy and, and bands don't think like, you know, that's a good word for bands. I think there needs to be one person that gets to say everything. True. You know? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. There is a, there is, there are some exceptions, but um, yeah. I work with a, a band called Lois the Low and Ron calls himself a benevolent dictator. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though their band is a, completely socialist um band of equality and but there needs the the completely keys into what you're saying there needs to be somebody who's in charge and there's great when everybody has their own jobs and that's good for touring because then you have Mm -hmm. the guy who helps with the merch and you got the person that helps with the settling up and you got the person you all have your jobs totally you know but you need somebody that sort of has the direction and your band meeting should be, here's the direction we're going in. And it, you know, and I was that guy and it's, I didn't really enjoy it a lot. You know, I, I like, I like having people having equal say, but sometimes you're just like, fuck guys, just, let's just get the shit together, man. Like, you know, like, I'm t- oh, man. yeah. Like something that I think, you know, um, like all bands, like we're, we're not, we don't always get along, you know, and especially with the pandemic, it's like, there's just sometimes there's friction for the sake of friction. And it's just because we haven't been able to move and, you know, we're just stuck like every other band is. So shit, you know, shit gets said and shit happens, but being able to go out on my own and just like release music and be able to like, just have relationships with producers and, and be signed, you know, I'm signed and have a relationship with my project manager and, and just get that insight. Um, It's actually like, 
it's fulfilled me um, because I feel like I'm I'm able to to work on my dream songs because I think that's what we do as songwriters. We just write the songs we want to hear. And it's given me a great perspective of how much work it is to do this. And um, and it's given me a lot of patience with with the Zolas and perspective. And I just feel, you know, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of work and I'm, you know, and I'm, and I'm more now, especially with the singer who, who's our le like leader or whatever, coach or whatever you <laughs> want to, I'm just more like, yeah, I'm just kind of here to help, you know? Um, and if he's like, oh, I want to cancel all these dates because I think it's going to be dangerous to drive. It's like, um, you know, I hear you, man. I'm here to help, but that's a dumb idea. I love you though. Yeah. You know, I think it's easy to be like, Oh, what the heck? No, man, we gotta do this. Don't you wanna make this our living? And it's like, you know, it's just like you just sometimes you gotta be patient with people and just, I love you, man. Like I totally feel <laughs> I feel that you're nervous and I feel that, but we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do. I know what you're saying. I played in the band with a guy who didn't drink until he was twenty-five and he joined the band at twenty-six. And uh, oh, it was impressive. it was fucking hard because yeah. he's like finding himself. He's acting like a teenager, you know what I mean? And <laughs> it's like because he's never really had booze before. And here we are on tour, like we're in Europe, you know, where mm -hmm. it's flowing like water. And oh, yeah. it's tough. It's tough to sort of try to maintain control of a lunatic, like literally a lunatic, even though like he's completely his life is super awesome now. This is 20 something years ago. But it's like you're dealing with this child that's in your yeah. band you know and and yeah. and to be able and sometimes in some capacity or, or another there's always a little bit of child like tendencies in a band where you have all that luggage and you have all that that comfortableness but you also have that thing i'm not going to say that because it's going to trigger you i'm not going to because or i'm going to say that because it triggers you you know what uh, i mean uh, <laughs> i'm going to push your well, buttons like, well you're like in our case it's like what is it like six or seven men we're all you know in a in a van together and when we're not in a van we're all like in a airbnb or a hotel the same hotel room together and you know touring isn't glamorous like you know it like you know but mm -hmm. most people think it is it's like you know after the show there's the after party and then it's the hotel lobby and it's not like that it's like you're in a van and then most most of the time after the show once you're done settling up and you're unpacked and you've packed everything you gotta head out and mm. either go to your hotel or you gotta start driving at night yep. and mm. um it's yeah like i said you're 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 with a bunch of dudes and it could feel like you're with brothers and that kind of argument and if you know i've definitely been um i've definitely drank too much on tour and been that annoying person and i've seen annoying people and alcohol and alcohol like is oh man it turns people it makes people just so annoying and i know that because i've seen video of me drinking and i know how i get and it just makes it so annoying i'm so annoying i wouldn't wish that on anyone you know and yeah. it's yeah it's just it's uh and i'm actually excited because we're planning this tour now and it's gonna be like 
the first tour I do sober because I have decided not to drink and I've been about like eight months with no alcohol and it's been great. And that's pretty much the reason why I've been able to, to be able to do two bands, you know, my solo project and the Zolas is because I just have a tremendous amount of energy. Yeah, it's amazing. You know? Well, good for you, man. I'm glad to hear. Yeah. yeah. Was it a problem or was it just something that you're doing like your own science experiment to see I'm what, doing, what... Yeah, it, it's, it, you know, it, I drank like once a week and it would be at rehearsal. And I think most people, a lot of people probably do stuff like that. And I don't think, and I didn't see it as a problem until I stopped, you know? And then now I'm like, oh man, like I needed to, to have like three or four beers to be with these people that I love. You know, mm. that's not right. Right. You know, and and every time we get together and I'm drinking and we're supposed to be working on these tunes or we're supposed to be doing stuff, I'm just going to forget everything I've done. And I'm so bad. And my I have a terrible memory to begin with. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, luckily now the what we're doing is we got our band, the Zolas, we have a little studio. And so now when we rehearse, we're all set up and we're like plugged into to Zach's computer. We have mics on the drum and then we just record our jam sessions like properly. Yeah. So they sound really good. So now like I don't have to worry about forgetting bass lines. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Cause you know, if you do it, we, I used to jam, we used to rehearse three times a week. And you know, what I did notice is like just the fact that you're moving around for that many, that many, many hours per week more than you'd normally would. You're not sedentary. You'd find like, oh my God, this is great. You know, I feel more healthy. But um, but the booze part of it is, you know, I regrettably, you know, when we'd be on tour, I would, it would be bad. You know, I'd be, you know, but when I was a tour manager, I would have to be the straight sober guy and drive. And I drove <laughs> teenagers around for like on tour for years. So, um, but but you have to be very wary of, as you know, I'm getting older, I'm 51, and you got to watch it. You got to watch it, man, because it'll catch up with you and you don't know it. It doesn't matter if it's in your family or it doesn't matter if it, it will eventually catch up with you. Yeah. Well, it's just poison. It's yeah. unfortunate that we haven't found a way to fuck ourselves up healthily. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, science is amazing, but like, why can't they figure out a way to get us drunk where it's like kind of good for you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, science. Burns like, calories. Yeah. Um, builds uh, brain cells, heals yeah. like any sort of cuts you might have had when you were war wasted, you know, all those in your shins. <laughs> yeah, that's the, yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and blame science on this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, and it's the, you know, and it's so easy for me to say, yeah, I've gone eight months um, sober in during a pandemic where I, I haven't even walked into a bar. Yeah. You know, and, and now I'm going to be like going on the road soonish and that's it's it's like it's it's hard to i'm sure to be sober on the road like it's drink it's not like you're drinking because it's like a party but it's you know if you have any sort of anxiety you know just around being being around the same people yeah or being around a bunch of new faces because touring is both of those two extremes yeah. you know and you're getting this 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 remedy for that alcohol for free usually yeah you know and it's uh, you get tons and and then the leftovers get taken with you in the van and then people are cracking open you know it's just 
and it's no one's fault. It's just it's just an easy way out. It's just an easy way to feel good while you're just doing nothing or yeah. too much. Of That's you know you, it's totally true. That this is something really hard to explain to people that you know, like you say, like I I'd fly over to Europe and we do shows and there'd be booze and it's in lots of drinking and partying. And then it's like 30 days. You're there to do, you're there to get shit done. You can't just sort of, it's not like, Oh, we're going to go to uh, London and play a show and come home. It's like, no, 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 we're, we're gone for 30 days, you know? And, you know, and, and in my mid thirties, I was like fucking partying so hard. And then it was like, yeah, and it just catches up with you. And, and that's what happens. And, you know, I haven't quit drinking, but I, I have, because when the pandemic started, it was like, woo, let's party. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, what yeah. else are we going to do, right? <laughs> what else are we going to do? Yeah, I would be, I yeah, we so we would have these kind of things, like Zoom meetings with our band, and I would have like a big bottle of wine, <laughs> and like the big ones, the big the, people, yeah. which are the worst ones. The magnums, the magnums. Oh, fuck yeah. And yeah. I would just slam it without even, a, like, and then I stopped using a cup. I would just be straight out of the <laughs> bottle. And, um. So for the first few months, it was just like drinking wine over Zoom calls. And and then I'm like, this is stupid. Mm. Like, I'm gonna, this is stupid. This doesn't feel right. And I'm like, I'm going to go two months. And then I went two months. I'm like, whoa, that was good. I'm going to go two more months. And then and then I'm like, well, let's just try a year. So mm. that's kind of my goal. It's just a year. And hopefully, uh, you know, I, I my state of mind is like, I want it to be once I get to three beers, I'm like, whoa, I'm partying. Yeah. Not the, I'm going to show up to rehearsal with four tollies <laughs> and then I might go to a bar after. Like, yeah. that'll be partying. I want, like, the three beers. Yeah. If I read three beers, it's like, whoa, you really, yeah, you're tying one on each. That's good. Like, <laughs> like that's, that's, and yeah. I think it's realistic. And, like, that's how my partner is. She doesn't drink. But yeah. when she has three, she's like, woo. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you have no idea. Like, I could crush, like, 10 beers in one night. Easy. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I know. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I, I did, I did a month, uh, it was actually before the thing and, uh, it felt great. But at the same time we did this amazing show and it was like, it was just like, we had like nice wine. I'm like, Oh guys can't, <laughs> I could, but I can't and I'm not gonna. And you know, so it did feel somewhat, it was, I was torn. I was either like, yeah, yeah, and the other part of it was like, <laughs> In the same yeah. Thing. Well, it gets uncomfortable having to turn it down too sometimes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, that's good. I'm, you know, that's amazing because, and the other thing is that you're not really doing it to sort of prove a point to anybody. You're just doing it for yourself. I mean, that's there's no other reason to do something like that. You're not well, trying to prove, you know. No, it's no. It, with bands and things like that. It it might get awkward, you know, where it's like. You know, where's the old Dwy? You know, like where did he go? Like, well, he's, you know, he's more focused. <laughs> yeah. Well, the beautiful thing about um, exiting from a life of alcohol is that I love how uh, this podcast, by the way, turned into like a sober. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take much. So, yeah, it's like AA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's really important, especially like if you're listening to this and, and you're in the music scene and you're thinking about it, it's like, um, there's no, there's nothing wrong that could come out of not drinking. Yeah. It's only good. It's only good. Even that like awkward moment of like, Oh, do you want to drink? All you have to do is say, ah, no, I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, and then you look better, you have more energy. Yeah. You'll remember the tour, which is actually really exciting for me. Cause I can't really remember my tours. They're just like in 
fragments, which might be normal. My singer doesn't really drink, and he said that's normal for him. Interesting. Anyways. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. And um, it's just you know, just looking looking great is is I was sold on that one. Yeah. Like, oh, we get less puffier. I'm into that. Yeah. yeah sold. <laughs> and your singer's probably stoked because he's got a buddy now. He's got a buddy and not yeah. not drinking buddy. Yeah, totally. And you know what he said to me? We went on tour with um, Yukon Blonde yeah. about two years ago, and we like we got the big bus, we got the driver, um, so there was no driving, and and the, we were sleeping on the bus, so mm. it was like it was a party situation. It was crazy, and like I was drinking every day. Everyone was drinking every day. Everyone like we were getting hammered every night, and it was great, and it was so fun, and we. A lot of fun memories and a lot of ridiculous things were done. And um, but my singer Zach, he's not really a, a beer guy or a drinker, um, and he takes care of himself on the road because he's singing. Yeah. Um, and he said, I remember him telling me, he's like, you know, it would have, it one day it would be cool if we could just like, you know, spend a night watching a movie together. We'll like get a bunch of snacks and we'll just watch a movie. And I remember in that moment, I'm just like, ah, whatever, man. It's way cooler to like, this yeah. is what we're doing way better. And now I think about it and I'm like, he's fucking right. It yeah. would have been sweet. Like, and that's how I, like, I'm thinking about going on tour and stuff. And it's like, I love going to the movies so much. And I love going to like different movie theaters in the city. And it'd be just cool to do that more as a band or something. Yeah. You know, there's so many other fun things you can do. Um, and I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great to for him, you know, if knock on wood, if I'm able to to not sit too much on tour. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the thing. Like yeah. it only it only good comes out of it. Take a four yeah. track with you, or take something to record with. Yeah, it's, it's really inspiring is to be able to have something with you to write with, even though it's even your phone. You know what I mean, like. Oh yeah, things are like really at your at your fingernails now. Just to, just to, just to put stuff down and yeah, it's it, it is very inspiring to be able to be on a tour and actually be able to write something. I personally didn't really do that, but now I can see that being like an actual like wow, you're actually getting shit done because you're preparing for something else where yeah. we would well, actually what's that? It's sound check jams. We've yeah. oh, we've written a few really like a few of our. Uh, I can think of two songs that we've written out of just uh, a sound check jams yeah. uh, on, on the road. Like there's something magical about like when you're plugging in and you have this like big stage or whatever, yeah. or venue you're playing at, or if it's outdoor and then you're plugging in and then everyone just starts jamming on something. You're like, Oh, this is so good. It's like this crazy yeah. energy. So we do write a lot actually that way. That's great. No, that's amazing. Yeah. Who did that? A lot of bands do that. So they'll just tape it too, and then they'll be able to take yeah. it all home and and make something out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, uh, you know, it's 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 interesting how like some people write songs, you know, because for me it would wait like it would go dry for like three months, and then all of a sudden be like two songs in a week. And, and I know, are you weird. constant or are you a wait for it to come kind of person? Well, um, I I used to be like wait for it, but. I don't really believe, like, I think that sometimes the universe knocks on your door and it's like, oh, you get that feeling. But I've learned how to get that feeling. Like, there's certain things, like watching uh, band uh, documentaries. 
they get me that feeling of like, oh, I need to go write a song right now. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's inspiration is what it is. It's not like this weird, like, um, uh, like, like tapping in or something. Equation. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's really just getting inspiration and feeling, feeling good about music. And um, so that's one of the things I really like to do. Um, getting stoned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I take, uh, I take uh, a CBD and THC oil and just a little bit. And it, it kind of like puts me in, in, in a really kind of creative uh, zone. Um, but I would say like, I, before, like, if you asked me this a year ago, I would just be like, sit and wait kind of guy for the universe to, to, to mm -hmm. come to me. But now I'm just like, really like, even if I'm not feeling it, I'll just go sit in my little studio. And if I don't have a song idea, I'll just pull up a drum beat. And I'll just and, and then I'll pull up a weird synth and just make a weird sound over a drum beat and see if that sparks something. And sometimes it's the weirdest thing. Mm -hmm. It'll spark a verse. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the way, that's the discipline. That's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to wait. You're supposed to just go every night, just peck at it, do something, and that's your time to, to be creative. And what happens, what I found, I tried that. Well, I'm not really writing many songs any, as much as I used to, but when I was in a mode... <laughs> It was like, go downstairs, do something. Doesn't matter what it is. If it's garbage, that's great because you're just clearing and cleansing and then exactly you're exactly. allowing for it to go because if you get stuck on something, because I used to get stuck on stuff and then, and then it would sort of hold you back and then you say, well, maybe I should just take a break, which is the worst thing you can do. No, yeah. move on. Yeah. Start a session. Move on. Keep move going. On. That's yeah. the best thing. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do. I... I'll, I'll like, yeah, because like you, you will have a, an idea that was so inspiring, like the night before, and then you'll go back to it. You'll be like, I don't know what the fuck to do with this. I'm stuck on it. Then leave it alone. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm recording a song. Um, I'm finishing up my EP, and I one of the songs is called Intuitive, and it was written like two years ago, and I've demoed it like five times, and I've, I've never had the. I've never found the right, and it's. I know it's my song, and I know it's a great song. Everyone tells me, but. I never, I couldn't figure out how to fucking demo this thing or like mm -hmm. what, what, what vibe or like even, uh, what genre this song was in. And I just kept trying and then I just put it on the back burner. I'm like, okay, I'm going to work on something else. And then I was just in the, and then I just found it, Yeah, I, you know, eventually, but I didn't just keep trying in this consecutively. I had to take breaks from it. And I yeah. think that's important. Yeah. That's an yeah. important thing. The other, there's a there is a sort of like this sort of golden handcuff thing of of having your own space. You know, there used to be a time when I didn't really have any stuff, and I don't remember that. Well, I was a teenager, but to be able to write something, there was sort of like a process you'd have to go through. Now you have everything, and you can kind of I have hard drives full of songs for the past ten years. So oh, you mean it's recording it? Yeah, like just getting, recording yeah. it. You know, or putting oh, it somewhere. So much yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to record it into our answering machine at our at my house. <laughs> that's good. Call myself and play it on the on a, on, a, on a guitar and that's how I ha I would keep songs. And um that's really good. But then you would sort of have to commit yourself like I don't want to forget this, you know. So then you would like hunker down. I used to hunker down and just get it done. And now it's sort of like, ah, I'll just come back to lyrics. I got some I got the I got the melody, I got the I got some chords, I played a little drums on it. I got I got I'll leave this be. And then <laughs> 
then it'll be me like five years later, like, oh, what's this? So it's dated because I never name the songs. I always date them. Like, oh, this oh, is okay. from like 2013. This is pretty good. I should do something with this. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the procrastination. Like, I'll yeah. get to it. I'll get to it. And it's, um, I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't know if it's, I haven't lost the passion for music, but there's also that sort of like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what, if it's like priorities, right? It's priorities. And it's also, it's like, it's so easy to write music when you're inspired. And then once you like, once the universe is just like, yes, you love this. And then you go back and then it starts to turn into work. And then you got to start like, for me, it's just like, um, once I, once I, have to start looking for sounds or have to start like editing the drums a bit or anything like that it's not inspiring not all of it is fun you know uh, fine a lot of it is fun like um i love putting effects on things that's probably my favorite thing to do Mm -hmm. but as far as like cleaning up a vocal take or all that shit like that is dumb work it's funny you say that because i'm the exact opposite because i love i love like tweaking i'm a tweak I'm a tweak yeah. guy. Like with the if it's like I'll be playing the kit and I'm like, I don't like that snare hit. I'm gonna go find a better one. You know what I mean? So it'd be like yeah. for me to be able to get that sort of um finite on it on it is to me is exciting. Though it does I'm trying to come around with actually feeling it more, like trying to understand how the song feels. And usually yeah. if it's you in your basement making songs it's tough to get a vibe. You kind of build the vibe from what you got. But if you're like a yeah. bunch of dudes all in a room playing, it there's a vibe. You know, and the vibe you can't yeah. you can't replace that vibe and it hides a lot of like I love the way bands can play and you'll be listening to the bass and it's like there's a mistake in that. But you never even hear it because the no. band is so good that they can cover for each other. Well, and it also like it just creates this human relationship and conversation like not everything I've said you know, I've stuttered a lot even in this conversation, but it's, this has been a great conversation. <laughs> there's probably, you know, in theory, there's been mistakes, yeah. but it's still been a great conversation. Like if you were to isolate pavements tracks, you know, the band yeah. pavement. Yeah. Do you know how horrifying that would sound? <laughs> and I, yeah. I like, I love that. And I've actually been really diving into them lately, but them as a unit is incredible. Just the band chemistry and like, You'll hear them for two seconds. You'll be like, oh, that's pavement. Because it's like, it's just like you're saying, like the energy of these guys in a room. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's if it's wrong or if there's technical mistakes or if there's some buzzing or humming. Just got, it's just pavement. That's who. Yeah. That's, oh, that's yeah, who, for sure. Like that, I think we're, we've turned a corner with musical perfection over artistic um, expression. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a time when everybody needed everything perfect. And, and I still think that that exists. There will always be that. Well, we need something to be absolutely perfect, that perfect snare, that perfect bass, yeah. that perfect sound. But you know, when you have bands like, like you say, arcade fire, they won a Grammy for album of the year on a yeah. record. They did basically, and back, back, um, um, a phase, um, that, that won a, a Grammy of the year, like five years ago. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. It's one of my favorite albums Morning, of all time. Morning Phase? Morning Phase, yes. That's a beautiful album. A fucking great record. Done in his house. Album. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one sounds a lot like um, uh, a record that he came out with. Uh, what's it? Sea Change? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
It's okay. one of those moments, though. I love what he did with like those the reverb or and the delay and reverb, where he'd sing, sing a song, he'd sing a note, and then stop, and then it would just carry on. And that's a Pink yeah. Floyd thing. Like Pink Floyd would do that like all the time. But it's yeah. funny how he kind of like took this. You know, that record to me, whatever I'm doing, if I'm I I took up running, I bike ride, and if I'm or I'm walking or if I'm sleeping or if I'm driving, that record is a record I can listen to at any phase of where i'm at i can be yeah. active i can be just mellow yeah it's a beautiful album. beautiful album it is a really great album and he is such an incredible artist and i just love how he has so many different sides to him yeah he but doesn't sit he, on a thing you're yeah. right he lets it yeah. he he builds and grows and changes things and you know and man he's been around oh, got 25 years like 25 yeah. plus years putting out records consistently too yeah and yeah. that's so it's such a shame like he's like I guess he's, he's sort of the. Too, so he's probably he's a Scientologist. Oh, that's too, true. So yeah, yeah. Up a lot of his time, so. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get those aliens off his body. That's true. He's. I don't know where where he's sitting. It's so funny. He's like the only Scientologist I give a pass to, too. Right? You know, like if he came to me, like, I'm a Scientologist. I'm like, wow, that that makes total sense. I'm gonna start telling people I'm a Scientologist. That might work. Like, I don't. Know, that might work for you. Right. It might get people mad at you. Even the Scientologists might get mad at you. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just. Fred, I think it's kind of funny and mysterious. <laughs> did, you, did you see there was a uh, somebody had posted like a camera phone? It was Paul McCartney and Beck trying to get into an after party at the Grammys, and, right? And the guys like, "We're not letting you in." And Paul McCartney, like, "Well, how exclusive can you get?" You, you know what I mean? It's the guy that won Album of the Year and Paul McCartney from the fucking Beatles, and they didn't let him into this party, and they just show them leaving at the end of it all. I'm like, wow, That's crazy. He's like. I thought I was great. This pod can't be great if I'm not in it. Like, oh man. That's yeah. Really That's yeah, man. So, um, yeah, well, you know, like whenever, whenever you need to talk and be on a, let's shit out. This is a, make this your Avenue because I really enjoyed this. Uh, you know, this, this conversation yeah. went really well. I, I liked it. And, you know, I, I, it's kind of why I do the show. I like to meet new people that, that are, really invested in what they do and it's <laughs> it's good to know that people are doing it still you know and yeah and it's coming back man um it's it's i think it's kind of like a, you know we've we've all been cooped up inside for 15 months and when it comes back it's it's going to be glorious i think a lot of people are going to come to to shows in general i think a lot of people are going to come to our shows and um it's just gonna be awesome and it's gonna be kind of like it's it's an opportunity because we've never uh, if this pandemic never happened we wouldn't i would have have ever missed shows maybe i would have fell out of love with playing live like yeah. in two years because of it who knows but it's just like i've never I've, i'm kind of glad i've experienced missing live music and how much of a hole it's put in my life mm -hmm. so now when it co comes back it's like you know, you don't really know know how much you love something till it's it's gone away. You know, very it's, true. That's, that's very it. true, and it's good to know. You're right. Everything is in perspective, right? Because yeah. you know, when you live in an area where there's a show every day, um, it's much different than people that live out in the country and get one show a month. Or you know what I mean? Where mm -hmm. people and that's sort of the and that's that's when there was shows. You know, and to be able to to enjoy yourself and feel safe about it too. The big one is anxiety with crowds and how people are going to handle it. Cause everybody handles things differently and totally. you know, everybody has a different vibe and 
We all can't yep. just sort of like, all right, masks off, let's go. I'm vaxxed, you vaxxed, yeah, you know what I mean? Like so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to be that way. There's people. I worked with a coworker who was like, who went home and didn't come back to work. <laughs> He's like, fuck this, I'm not doing it. He's like, I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to be around y'all because I don't want to die. And it's like everybody like, and he went eight months, didn't come to work. You know, so it's it's good. It's, people happen. You know, it happens, and it's sad because there are people that that are more fragile than others you know yeah. and, and this really does show like what type of uh you know it really well i live kind of in the country too and, and it really does you can really tell the real fucking assholes you know what i mean like because they're yeah. the ones who they just don't care you know they're the ones yeah. that keep their trucks idling in the parking lot those are those people you know yeah i i live in i live in a small town now so I, i'm kind of around those people now yeah yeah <laughs> And it's tough no. because you can't, you got to be like, oh, you know, everybody's got their own thing. They got their own, got your, you can, your own f flag to fly and go for it. You know, I enjoy it. But there's certain people you're like, you just don't give a fuck about anybody. You know what I mean? And they never will. Yeah. They never will. And those are the people that are like, I'm, uh, I wish you weren't around, but that's what makes you, you and me, me, I guess. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, I think uh, when you are, when you confront those people, you just got to stay true to yourself and not let them get to you. And, mm. No, just it doesn't help anything. I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't doesn't help yeah. anything. It doesn't help you. Doesn't help them. Doesn't help society. Unfortunately, it should. It should make people accountable for being assholes. I guess, but but there we go. But man, uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed it, man. And uh, like I said, when when <laughs> New Zola's records come out, please be in touch and let's let's do something and and talk about it. And uh, yeah, no, I'd love to. Just hit hit me up, or or if you want to talk to Zach. Yeah. He's uh, he's great with this is actually my first podcast, but he does them all the time and he is a, a wonderful person to talk to. Awesome. Okay, man. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much, dude. And that was Dwight or Dwight from Dwight. And uh, go check out the EP that's coming out. Freaking out. Coming out on Light Oregon Records in September when the plague is finished officially don't forget to subscribe to you on itunes tell your friends tell everybody about this podcast because it's fun to do and it's fun when people listen to it it's fun when i hear from people this um this interview is a product of a new publicist that i'm working with you're probably going to be hearing a lot more west coast stuff now um yeah so anyways have have a great week everybody uh, try not to get caught out riding this ride to conquer cancer in august and it's like a thousand degrees and i can't actually train for it because it's too hot because i'll die but anyways regardless um, if anybody wants to support my ride you can do that doesn't matter where you're from cancer doesn't have a, a border patrol so yeah actually all that description stuff will be in the, in the, um, the description that's why it's there because it's, it's a description in the description everybody have a great great week I got a bunch of episodes backlogged now. Thanks to my new friend from the West Coast, my new publicist friend. And everybody, have a great, 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 great. I already said that before, but yeah. Talk to you soon.